blessed. I'm so excited to start this new year and with this vision of community. It's so exciting. Um, before we start, I just want to pray, take the nerves out. <laughs> so if you would just join me, however it is you pray. Thank you, Father, for this night, Jesus. I thank you for this, for these sisters are in this place tonight, Father, and I just pray that they receive something new tonight, Lord. I pray for every single one of them, Jesus, and just let this message that you've given me, Lord, to let them just be open and receive it with all their hearts, Jesus Christ. You're in this place, Holy Spirit, and I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So first off, I'm very honored to be here tonight. Um, when Cynthia told me she wanted me to, to speak, first I was really like, man, really? <laughs> I was in disbelief. But then I was excited because, um, I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's a baby step, you know? Um, so she gave me a vision for what she wanted me to talk about, and I was asking God about it and what direction I could take. And um, I, I asked God a specific question, and it was, why do we have scars? You know, scars, well, what does it mean, Lord, in you? What is a scar? So my message is broken down in three parts, and if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes, the first part is called celebrating our scars. So I was asking God, well, why do we have scars? What is a scar? And I want to, like, clear up something. So we have a wound, right? We get hurt, we get cut, there's a wound, and it's painful. So a wound is something that's painful and not healed yet but it's healing. It's going to go through that healing process. A scar, however, how I'm going to talk about it in this message is something that has been healed. There is no pain associated with it. Um, a scar is like a, re it's, it is a reminder of that we've been healed 100%. If you touch that wound and it's painful, it's a wound. It's still cut. It's still healing. If you touch it and there's no pain, then you've been healed and you have a scar. And we only have a scar, which I think is interesting, when we have a deep enough wound. See, if you have a superficial wound, it's not going to leave you a scar. You could see it 10 years from now, wherever you got hurt, and you, you won't remember that you got hurt. But a deep enough wound causes that scar. Amen? And um, so what I take for what God symbolizes, and, so, and it's a beautiful symbol, um, symbolism in a scar, is that there's beauty in it. It, in God, in our scars, we have physical, we have emotional, we have mental, we have spiritual scars in us. Throughout life, we've been hurt by people, by situations, by the enemy, and we've gotten cuts and, and bruises, and we've just gotten hurt. And we've had so many wounds, and they've all been healed when, once the moment that we received Christ in our hearts. So you guys believe that with me tonight? So we've been healed. We've accepted Christ, and we've been healed, and everything has been healed in our lives. Everything. So the wounds that were deep have now been healed, and they're scars now. Um, so God, it's, it's a permanent reminder for us in this life that we've been healed 100%. Amen? So um, this kind of goes to the second part, which the second part is called salt on the wound. So Cynthia talked about it a little bit, and I love that she did. So to this day, our women's ministry has um, established this beautiful and strong and powerful foundation of who we are as women. I'm talking about women specifically. So the first Shias conference, amazing, right? So we've established in that first conference that uh, we've established who she is 
as uh, who a woman is in the church, in the world, in, in, in just in, in general, who we are, and who we are specifically, who you are, Manapati, who you are, Cynthia. We've established that. And then to the second conference, amazing too, right? We've established what we're capable of doing. And, and, and from that, from our services, after the second conference, we've established that growth. You know, we've been more and more deeper into that intimacy of being vulnerable, amen? So we've established this foundation. So in my mind, I think, okay, I think we should stop looking back then. So, and Mario has touched upon it last year, that we should stop going back to what's comfortable, to what God's already taken us out of. It's, it's, it's time to not look back any longer. And, I, and I'm talking about scars and not looking back because if you guys remember in Genesis 19, we're not going to go through it. I'll just give you a summary. It's about Lot and his wife and his family. But we all know what happens to the wife. But um, if you guys don't know the story, long story short, um, God has decided to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because there's so much sin, there's so much darkness in, that, in those places, in those cities, and God's decided to destroy it. But Abraham so beautifully pleads for, for the lives of Lot and his family. And God, he listens to them, and he's like, okay, I'll save them, just for you. And then, so he sends two angels to those cities. Lot and his family are there. And, and the angels go to Lot and his family, and they say, you guys have to leave, because we've been, um, we've been brought here to destroy these cities but you have to leave because God wants to save you. So as they're leaving, of course, there's disbelief in Lot, but he, he, the angels kind of just grab him and, and the, grab him and his family, and they leave. And as they're running, one of the angels tells his entire family, don't look back. Keep going to the mountain. Keep going. Keep going. Don't look back. But most of us know the story. One of them doesn't listen. And so the, Lot's wife, she, she's going this way, right? And she, um, she stops, she turns, she looks. It took her a lot to, to stop and turn around and look back. Disobeying first something that Angel told her not to do. And what happens? She turns into a pillar of salt. Disclaimer, we won't be turning into a pillars of salt. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that would be funny, though. <laughs> but... Um, any, any person could really take this and read this part of the Bible and, and really say, God is an angry God. Why would he turn Lot's wife? She just turned into a pillar of salt. Why destroy her life? But I take it as a beautiful illustration. God is trying to teach us here, uh, teach us something here. And what he's teaching us is, is that looking back brings destruction to oneself. See, God was taking his family, saving them from destruction. And I was reading this story earlier today, just, you know, recapping for myself for this message. And the, enemy, uh, um, the angel, I mean, sorry. The angel tells him, I can, we cannot do anything until you get to the safety. And I'm thinking, wow, God doesn't even destroy the city until Lot and his entire family are in safety. That's amazing, you know. <laughs> To, for God to wait, to be patient. He knows he's going to destroy the cities. He's already saved and taken out Lot and his, and his family out of that soon-to-be destruction. And he's just waiting for them to get to safety. And he's like, okay, I'm destroying that. That's awesome. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but so let's focus back on, uh, on his wife. So she, 
I don't know what was going on through her mind. Maybe it's like, I wish I was still there. You know, they, they were living in, in, in a life of sin and in darkness, and, and they were, who knows what they were doing. It was really bad for God to just want to destroy that, those cities. Like, it was really bad, and I don't know what took her, what it took her to stop and look back. And for me, it, we've done it. I've done it, personally. I could speak for myself. I've, God's taking me this way, and we're walking, and I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. And I stop, and I look back to my past. I look back to what God has already brought me out of, what he already saved me from. Whatever it is for you, put a name to it. I know, I know that you know what I'm talking about. Put a name to it. For me, it's self-identity issues. For me, it's, it's thinking for, for years after year after year that I was a lesbian. And the enemy used that. And I would be walking with God. He already saved me out of that. He gave me who I am. He gave me my identity, a daughter of God. And I was walking and walking with him. And I would just look back. And I was destroying myself. And it's a choice I made over and over again. And sisters, it's tiring to bring that destruction to, to yourself. It, it's, and this is, this is why I was talking about scars. I kind of want to connect it for a moment. So we have the scar, right? Well, first it started as a wound. And it's, I'm going to be here because it's really easy for me to show. So it's, <laughs> it's this cut. And it's, it's painful. And I'm like, Mom, give me medicine. It's really painful. But I'm like, I'm gonna, I want to talk about spiritually. That's physically. So I have this spiritual wound, right? This self-identity issue in my heart. And it's bleeding. And I'm going nights without sleep. I'm crying myself to sleep. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm tired. I'm weary. And I need God. And he comes with all of his grace and his beauty. And he heals my heart. And it's so deep. My wound is so deep that he heals it, and it has to leave a scar because it's so deep. And I have this scar. And what I do when I'm already walking with the Holy Spirit, when I'm already walking with my fathers, I reopen that wound myself. And that's scary. That's, for me, it's, it's crazy for me to think that I've done it over and over again. The wound, I've been cutting it and cutting it over and over again after God heals it over and over again. His grace is amazing. He's good. So that's what we do when we look back. We're cutting our wounds again, and we're going back to that moment, the moment that was filled with pain and, and sorrow and, and confusion and fear. We go back to it, and the crazy part is that we choose it. And you're not alone, because I'm up here, I'm talking about it, I've been through it, and I've done it over and over again, and it's tiring. <sighs> Amen? And when God was telling me that, and he was kind of revealing that to me, I was saying, why do we do that? Why do we choose to reopen the wound and go back to what we barely survived? I know I could speak for myself. I barely survived my dark moments in my life. Why do we do that? It's what's comfortable. It's what we know. See, the future and what God's trying to make us see and, and the path he's creating before us, we, can't, we don't know what that is. It's the unknown. That's scary. But we're more comfortable with what we already know, our past, our dark moments in our lives. So 
I titled it Salt on the Wound because what we're doing is we're putting salt on the wound, which we're putting pain on top of pain. And we're putting, we're actually also, when we reopen that wound, we're putting pain where there's no pain anymore. Amen? Crazy, right? <laughs> but we do that. So we're finally going to go to the Bible. If you could go with me to Ephesians 4. When you say that, say salty when you're there. <laughs> Ephesians 4. Uh, chapter 4, verse 17. Anybody salty? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm reading from um, this verse or these verses. I'm reading in the NLT. If you guys have the phone, I know you guys could do that awesome thing. So um, 4.17, it reads, With the Lord's authority, I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the, li from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. That part is very interesting. We'll get to that. Um, they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have, heard, have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, or other versions say old self, and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And I want to boldly say also darkness and sin. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, or other, ver uh, or other versions say um, new self, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What I take in these verses, and what God was making me see, is that the first, ver the first few verses, which is 17 to 19, this is who we used to be without Jesus, without God, without our Father, without hope. We used to live without hope, confused, minds full of darkness and sin. We used to close our hearts even, maybe even harden them against him. We used to say, no, we don't want anything to do with you, God. Just leave me alone. I'm good. We weren't. And that's how we used to feel. And I, and I said it while I was reading this, um, that uh, verse 17, we, there is no sh sense of, they have no sense of shame, which I thought was interesting because now that we know Jesus, we have a lot of shame and a lot of guilt when we not 100% sure know our identity. But I know when I used to live in darkness, I would do something bad, and I would be like, yeah, that's a little bad, but, <laughs> you know? I can't put a word to that one. But now that I know Jesus and I know my identity, I do something bad. I'm like, Lord, sorry. Big time. I'm so sorry. So anyone relate to me? Am I the only one? <laughs> but now after um, from 20 and on that we read, this is who we are now, sisters. We live with hope. We walk with him. You know, he's a living thing. We could see him. We are filled with constant thoughts of God, and, and we've been given our identity, which is daughter of God, daughter of the Most High King. We've been given gifts, or actually not given, but we've been, our gifts and talents have been awakened because they've always been there. We fully know who we are. Like I said earlier, and as Cynthia also established that, we, from the Shia's conference, we know who we are. I pray that you do, and if you don't, I will definitely pray for you because you should know who you are. You're a daughter. You're forgiven and you're saved. So this is the 20 to 24. This is who we are now. 
And I want to focus on the last, the last verse, if we could just reread it. Put on your new nature or new self, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And God tells me this. Our new self is not equipped to do old self ways. Amen? When he told me that, I regret looking back all those times. Because here, here I am. I'm going to speak for, my, from, for myself. Here I am, new creature, new creation, new self, my identity firm, and this foundation, I'm, I'm standing on the rock. I know who I am, powerful, courageous, a daughter. And here I am, going forward with the Holy Spirit, good days, good days. I have a bad day, and I turn around, and I go back to my old ways. I can't be fruitful there. I can't grow from there. So... God gives us this new self to show us that we don't belong in our old ways any longer. We can't be fruitful. We cannot grow, sisters. So when we look back, we're not only stopping our growth, but we're also bringing destruction to ourselves, meaning that destruction, meaning that we're bringing that pain all over again. And that, that I'm tired of doing that. I'm so tired of going back to those moments because those moments, they're dark, really dark. But I do have this. The only reason we should look back, yes, I said that. We should be looking back, but there's only one reason. And that is, you're walking with the Holy Spirit. You're looking back. Man, I'm not there anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Keep going forward. Amen? Praise God. And it, when you know you're doing that, and not like, I want to go back. <laughs> when you know you're doing that, like you're, you're be just having that thankful heart, it's with Holy Spirit. Everything you do should be with Holy Spirit. And when you do it with Holy Spirit, you're not going to be like, man, I did that? I don't, I'm not worthy. No, you'll be like, thank you for creating this new self. You'll have like this new praise. You'll be thanking God with all your heart. You won't feel shame because when you do it without Holy Spirit, that's where you'll feel your shame. That's where you're going to feel your guilt. That's where you're going to feel unworthy. So I was told this, and I, I want to share. We have eyes here in the front of us, right, not behind us. Obviously, I thought about it once in my life. I was just reminded. We have eyes here, not the back of our heads. Our feet point forward cool. And if you remember Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. Can't remember anything that goes in our backs. Everything's forward in front of us to protect us. What I take from all those three awesome things that God created us, we're meant to go this way, forward. We're meant to go here and push forward here. Back, it's destroyed already. It's dead to us. God already took us out from that, so we're walking forward. Amen? Amen? It's beautiful. I get excited. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, scars, beautiful reminders of our victories. We shouldn't be looking back. We're not going to be turned into pillar of assaults. But there's beauty, right? There's beauty in, in not looking back because you, you keep growing and you keep, you keep going deeper with Jesus. But not looking back 
it's, it, I can't do it by myself. And I've tried. Looking back, my, um, not looking back to myself and just trying to go forward, I look back, to be honest. And so to not look back, it takes for you to have that relationship with Jesus, but also that relationship with his people. It takes a community support, and this is where I go to my third part, and this part is really exciting. I'm very excited to share. It takes a whole community. And sisters, I'm so happy that this year that we're going into that concept of community and, and even in our women's ministry is because us here, we're not going to, we're going to be, there's going to be more women here by the end of this year. And I believe it with all my heart. And we need to show those that are coming that they're part of this sisterhood. And the way we do that is being there for one another. How we do it is Romans 12. The Bible always gives us that, 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 um, that guidance. And if we could go to Romans 12, I'm going to read this one in the NIV because I really like the wording there. And if you, if you have it, say community. Thank you. Romans 12, 9. And it reads, everyone there? <laughs> so it reads, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in seal, but keep your spiritual passion, serving the Lord, be, f- be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people with, share with the Lord's people who are, are in need, Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. This is my favorite verse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. This, sisters, this is community. And it's so beautifully written. If we would love one another and be sincere about it, that person that we're loving on, their life will be changed. If we would hate the thing, the bad stuff they're doing, not themselves, not the person themselves, but hate what they're doing and want to fight against that and pray and be there for her, that person, their, her life would be changed. If we would devote our time and our, and, and, and our efforts and we would just take the time to get to know one another in love, lives would be changed. Honoring one another, we've talked about it over and over again at Grace and Love, there's nothing bad with honoring each other. I honor Cynthia all the time. She's our leader in this women's ministry, and she's touched my life many times. And it's thanks to her that God used her that I was able to stop looking back in my life. And the last, the, the, the last verse we read, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It takes a lot to mourn with someone when you're not mourning. It takes a lot to rejoice with someone when you're not rejoicing. But the Bible says we should. That's beautiful. To see, to see your sister Patty, and you're happy, I'm dancing with you. To see Meryl, you're going through something bad, I'm there with you, I'm mourning with you. That's community. My favorite part. And I told Cynthia I couldn't wait until I could share this. <laughs> God's revelation for this, for this word, and it kind of ties everything together. So he gave me 
I won't say a vision because it wasn't a vision, but a revelation. That's the correct word to say. And I'm going to best say it, directing it to, to Cynthia. But you guys just, just picture it. It'll make sense. So I, I got to know Cynthia, right? Cynthia, how are you? Good. Good. And I'm taking my time to get to know Cynthia. Yeah, I know her, and we, we're close friends, but there's, there's so much more of her that I don't know. So I'm taking the time to get to know her. Are you really good? Like, how was your day, though? Okay, so what happened? And that we start talking about her day, talking about her, her, her struggles throughout that day. And I'm trying to get to know her, and that's the outer layer, the layer that is defensive towards the inner parts. So her layer, I just broke that. And she's like, oh, wait, she's not, she's not good. Okay, let's get to know her. Let's get to know what happened. So I'm talking to her. I'm taking the time and the love, and I'm pouring it onto her. So, okay, so you're not good, or, or you know, I, I'm getting to know her situation, and I'm being there for her, sincere. I'm like, oh, it wasn't good? Oh, well, I'm going to pray for you. Okay, bye. God bless you. We do that. We do that all the time. So, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm getting to know her. I'm getting to know her. Getting deeper with her. I'm getting deeper, and her, her, her layers are coming off. Her layers are coming off, and she's, be, she's letting herself be vulnerable to me at that moment. And it doesn't take a conversation. It takes maybe years to develop this, this um, uncovering of her. Maybe not years, maybe some days. But so conversations and that love. Once she feels that she, that I truly love her, she will open up. So I'm, 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 I'm discovering her, right? I'm, I'm, layers are coming off, and I'm getting to that dark layer. I call it dark layer. That's where she hides her, her dark moments in her life, the, her past. She, she reveals the name. Whatever she put her name, or whatever you put the name to it, right? She reveals that to me, and I'm like, I have that too. And I'm, we're talking about our, our past, and we're opening up to each other, and, and more layers come off, and more layers come off, and I get to her core. That. If we could get to each other's core, that's where we see who that woman is and who God created her to be. We see her true identity. We see her gifts. We see her talents. I see who Cynthia is, who God created her to be. Because everyone's core is different. And if we would take the time to reach to that core, we would hear something. We would hear that person's redemption song. And if we would get to that song, oh, that song is beautiful. That song speaks of how Jesus changed that life. That song talks about her life. That's her story. That, that is the melody that's, that's raiding off of her from, from here to heaven. That's, that's what the Lord hears every time she starts praising. That's the song. That's the song. And that's who she is. And if we would take the time, and I would take the time, and so I, I've heard her song, man, that's beautiful. And I would take the time with Meryl and, and Sylvia and, and Shirley, Dini, everyone in this place, I would take the time to, to hear and devote my time to hear that redemption song to every single person in this place. God made me see that all these songs make up the song. 
Amen. And that song, the song, I'm going to call it that. I can't think of a cool name. Just the song. That song is going to, and I say is because it will, once we discover the song. That song will radically change this world. That song is what this world needs to hear. That song lights up the world, brings love to places that there are hate. It, it, it changes the hearts of the terrorist. It changes the hearts of, of the corrupt leaders in this world. That song makes the orphans children. That song eliminates darkness once and for all. That's the song that Jesus sung when he hung in the cross. Amen? Man. So he's, he's, he's giving me that revelation, and I'm like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> Maybe that was a little loud because I was on the mic. <laughs> but wow, that's where he first wants to take this ministry, this women's ministry specifically, and we bring it to the church and the church brings it to the bride. Amen? Amen. But it's a two-way street. I can't get to Cynthia's core if she stops me at the outer layer, or she stops me at the dark. It's like, too much, too much. They back off. Or she lets me in. I might get into bowels. I'm trying to get to know you and, and try to get to your core. Maybe you have open wound. And they back off completely. And they're scared to open up. Their, their vulnerability is just not their thing. I'm not just talking about, well, that may not be you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> we, could, we, could reach to a, we can reach an open wound. And that's scary, but I see beauty in everything. And the beauty that if we reach that open wound, then we could help that sister in that healing process because we've been through that may not be the same thing, may not be the same wound, maybe a deeper wound than ours, but we know the healing process. We could praise them, we could praise with them, we could pray with them, we could uh, commune with them, and just be there for that person. Another one is you could reach a scar. The person could back off. No, I don't want you to know the history of this wound. It's too dark. Or they let you in, and you get a testimony. You get a story. You get a praise. Eventually, you will get the redemption song. Because all their scars, they all make up that redemption song. Everything that they've been through in their life makes up that redemption song. And the song is composed through to, with all those redemption songs. The song, the song has to be in harmony. We can't have that if we don't have communion. We can't have harmony if a song is turned down or muted or just pushed to the side. No, your song's not good. We could do that to someone. Maybe we, people have done that to us, muted our songs. And honestly, I'm, I'm going to say, the person didn't say it. I'm sorry that ever happened to you. Because your song, it's meant to be loud and, and heard, not in just the, the city you live in, and not only in your families, but in the nations. And I say plural. 
So there's, you could reach an open wound, you could reach a scar. In those two options, you also get two different options that they close down and they don't let you in and it takes time. It really does take love and, and devotion, what, what Roman said. It takes devotion to one another. It's, it's, it's taking, okay, Meryl's not letting me in. It's taking not giving up on her. And no, Meryl, please, I want to hear your redemption songs. And take the time to do that. It seems like a lot, but with Jesus, everything's easy. It's possible. We will hear the songs, you know. If you could believe it with me through this year and, and the whole women's ministry, if you could just believe it with me and believe it with our leader, Cynthia, because I know she believes it, we will get there. We will hear the women's ministry song, and that will, be that will help compose the song from our Grace and Love Church, and that song will go to the bride's song, what she sings when she walks down the aisle and meets Jesus, and we're home. Amen? And Mario talked about it a couple weeks ago in his sermon, and I loved it, and I want to incorporate it. So if you could go to Colossians 3.16. I'm reading again the NIV version, just like the wording in it. If you say that, say redemption song. Colossians 3.16. So it reads, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. That pretty much sums up the song. That verse, God is telling us we should speak to one another in songs and praises. We should speak to one another in that harmony, in that melody. We should take the time and reach to everyone's core. Because that's how God sees us. God doesn't see your outer layer. He doesn't see your dark layer. He sees, he sees your core. He sees who he created you to be. He sees the perfected clay. Amen? Amen. So, as I said... Scars are beautiful. There's beauty in scars. And I, and, and I love that we could celebrate our scars. And when I say that, it's celebrating the victory that they remind us of. And there's beauty in not looking back, keep going forward, and there's beauty in community. And how I see us doing this is we're hand in hand like this, linked all together, going forward, hand in hand like this. We're going forward. We're going forward. And I feel the, the, my sister on my right wanting to turn back. She's like, and I'm like, no, keep going forward. That's where we're supposed to go. Our song is out of tune when we look back. We got to go forward. We got to go forward. Let's, no, you're having a bad day. Well, I'm having it with you. We're all having it with you. You're not alone. And we keep going forward, we keep going forward, and we discover new mysteries of God together, and, and we're just in this union, in this, in this harmony, and we're just singing the song while we go forward. 
I can't wait until we get there. I cannot wait until we get there. And Jesus is like in front of us, and he's like, all right, ladies, let's go. Let's go, bride. I didn't hear that, but amen. <laughs> and Jesus is just, come on, come on. I want to show you so much. And Holy Spirit, come on, I want to show you so much. And we're hand in hand, seeing it together, experiencing it together. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Gets me so excited because that's the vision of this church. It's the vision of our women's ministry. And I cannot wait. So I, I'm done with my, and I'm pretty early. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I was scared I was going to go really late. <laughs> but I, I pray and I hope with all my heart that you receive something tonight. And I, I want to take the time to pray. If, um, and Mana, if you could get the, the worship team, Mary, you could come up, please. I want to take the time and pray in intimacy and in, in unity. And I want everyone to come forward. If everyone just could come forward, please. Everyone, everyone. We're going to pray together in community, in union. No matter where you're at in your life, if you have that wound open and it's hurting, it's that first time, whether you're, you're, you have that trouble of looking back or whether you've been freed from that and you, you're looking forward and you're wanting to help your sisters around you, I want you guys to hold hands. Holding hands. And for the moment that you're holding that, that, that sister's hand, try to hear it. Try to hear that redemption song. It's there. Take that moment. It doesn't even have to be verbal, but just take that moment to get to that, to that sister's core. God wants to do something tonight. Just take the time. Just take the time. We have plenty of time left. We just take our time here and just, just get to each other's core. Oh, Lord, we want to hear their songs. We want to hear every sister's song in this place. Let us have a glimpse of what the song sounds like.